Thank you, everybody, for joining another episode of Banking on Experience. I'm your host, James Gilbert. We're really excited to have this guest on, but today we're going to be talking about a topic that is very unique. I've actually never heard anybody talk about this. So I'm super excited because we're going to be talking about why your employee metrics need to be tied to CX and MX metrics. To your performance reviews that you do quarterly, yearly, we're going to talk to you about why you should tie it to the customer experience. But before I do that, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, please do so. Give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Love to get the feedback. Uh, Here we go. Welcome to the episode, everybody. Stacy Sherman is joining us. Stacy, give us a little intro on who you are. Let's start there. Yes. So I am living, breathing customer experience, employee experience, 24 by 7 minus sleep hours. And I'm also a mom, so count that too. But yeah, I'm um, leading customer experience, employee engagement at Schindler Elevator Corporation by day. And I'm the founder of Doing CX Right by night. And so my my worlds come together around this passionate topic. Love it. I'm going to ask you a random question. Holidays are coming up. Talk to Tell the audience about a fun holiday tradition that you do with your family. Oh, well, this year is definitely different <laughs> and weird um, and all those adjectives. So we're going to have to get very creative this year. But typically, it's actually more um, what I would call less planned. Like the whole year is so planned and rigid and scheduled. And so it's really the joy is going to be really coming together and really feel doing what we really feel like. I'm hoping that I can bring my kids to who are older college kids. I can bring their their youth back and bring out some board games. That's what I have in mind. Love it. I, when I was younger, uh, I started a local charity that was local to us where we provided Christmas to families that couldn't, couldn't do it. And what's interesting is how you, know, you, you see these, these bigger organizations now, like the angel trees and stuff that are at the Walmarts and all that kind of stuff. And uh, every year we do a tradition where we, we go and pick a bunch of names off of those and we take our kids and try to get them to think less about themselves and more about everyone else around them. <laughs> but I actually, I want to hit on something but, uh, that's going to kind of tie into the topic that we're going to be talking about today. And tell, tell the audience what today is. Yes. Yeah, so today is International Day of People with Disabilities. And it's a real day. It's, it's, you can Google it. I didn't make it up. And what's interesting is a lot of people didn't know about the day. And I feel so fortunate that I've been able to do two things to help drive awareness, conversations, focus on empathy, compassion, and and people doing things differently. And so personally, through doing CX Right, I interviewed a woman, Stacey Hirschberg, who's had 84, I think is the right number, 84, 82, 84 surgeries. And and what life has been like for her? I did a video 
that you can find on my um, Doing CX Right about what life is like for her as a customer, as an employee, and as a patient. And all the lessons learned that people as leaders, as colleagues, as doctors, what you can do to make experiences better for people with disabilities. And then also in my day job with Schindler, I'm hosting a a talk, CX talk with my team. And we are, so the theme of this talk was about uh, inclusion and diversity with some of the leaders of our organization. And it's really powerful what we've been able to do internal to the company, a global company that we're, we're driving more of that conversation as well, some of it uncomfortable conversation and really supporting. And at the end of the day, the more that employees feel valued and cared for by everyone, by every leader, by every peer, the more they're going to deliver to customers, even when their boss isn't looking. Mm, I love it. You know, when I was a, a young professional, I was going through some stuff that a lot of people don't know about because I keep it pretty close to my chest, but I, I went blind and I had corneal transplants and did the first three or four years of my college completely blind. And a lot, not even people that went to high school with me know about that story because we kept it so close. And, you know, I always, when I was younger, I was ashamed that I had these issues. And uh, as I've, as I've now grown in my career, it's made me realize how, how lucky we are to have what we have. And I, that this, this day, I, I don't even think I knew about it. <laughs> and, you know, I had the opportunity when I was, when I was younger to, my mom helped take care of me when I was up at college. And I had, I had, a, I had a, a dog that I walked with that walked with me. And there was a lot of things that the state offered me. They're like, look, you, you need a handicap sticker for when you're, when you're getting around. And I just was so prideful <laughs> that I refused to take it. And still to this day, I, I think about those, those times in my life because it was tough. Yeah. Obviously because I was younger, like the world is a mean place for those who, who, who do struggle with, with disabilities, whether that's mental or physical. And I mean, I had people at college that, pushed me down in the snow and stepped on my face because I couldn't see. And it is, uh, it's a mean place out there. And I love the fact that we're bringing a little bit of awareness to this because I do think that people just need to be kinder, period. I have to harp around something you just said, which is about feeling ashamed. And when you listen to the video with Stacy. She talks about how she felt like she had to mask what she had. And especially in high school, how it affect making friends and how it affect everything. And then even as an adult today, I mean, she'll go to the supermarket. It is very, very visible that she has an arm cast and, and crutches and and the people that are, you know, taking doing the groceries, they're not even looking up and looking at her. And they're not even like helping or being accommodating. I mean, it's just mind boggling. Never mind the shame or the feeling of masking. It really touched my heart. God, it's so backwards. It really is. And there's there's a lot of people too that are struggling with mental 
illness, especially during the pandemic. And that's not any different. That that really in, in, inhibits our ability to do the, be the best person that we are. And I think that so many people are even ashamed of that. And we have to realize that you're not alone there. So if you have those struggles, like talk to people about it. You'd be surprised how many people have similar stories then that they can share as well and can kind of bounce off. I know that's a it's it's not directly related to the topic that we were going to talk about, but it is because employee experience and making sure your employees' performance is tied to those things. As you mentioned, you know, if that grocery store that that um, met your friend, if they, they if they had a focus on customer experience and, and a member experience, imagine the different uh, type of atmosphere that she might have occurred. And they would have actually they they. She said that she's actually asked, is there a line she can stand on that would be shorter or, you know, it's really hard to hold things and you literally have half your body you can't really use and and accommodate, you know, be accommodating. And they said no. And, And so you're right. That definitely affects, you know, yes, customer experience metrics. I mean, they're numbers so we can gauge how well we're doing. But if your employees don't do what the right thing for the customer because we're human, you've got the wrong people. Completely agree. So I reiterate the topic. Employee performance should be tied to customer experience or CX slash MX metrics. How do organizations get leaders on board on this? Because we all know like CX nine times out of 10 has to start with leadership or a champion that can get leadership involved. So how can they get people on board with this? So I'll use today as a great example. The the video that I was sharing about her name, Stacy, the video that I had put on my blog, it was on social media. And one of the executives at where I work during the day, um, my main job, saw that post, that article, the video. He ended up taking that video and he shared it internal to the company and said, you know, our own Stacey Sherman created this story. Please watch it and let me know for him to his team, you know, if this applies to anyone, if you're, you are suffering anything, if I can do anything to help you, let's have the conversations. You know, we're, we're family. And he didn't have to do that, but he took the proactive approach to bring the conversation out. And that's what customer experience and employee experience, that's diversity, inclusion, all of that. It's, it's, it's all that. It's about humanizing business. And when people feel valued and cared for, it fuels everything. Completely agree. And I think you hit on it. And that's, be proactive. Don't be reactive. Be proactive. If I do something, do it, do it now. Don't, don't wait. Right. And it's not always this huge gesture. It could be as simple as resharing and simply saying to the rest of the organization, Hey, is anyone else struggling with this? And I'd love to talk to you about it. It's amazing to me how many leaders are in their roles and never ask those type of questions. It literally blows my mind. Yeah. How about just how are you today? I mean, or, or that. <laughs> I mean, it blows my mind. And, you know, I 
I'm even sometimes guilty of this. I'll get in a team meeting and I, I just forget to ask, like, how's everybody doing today, right? But that being said, it's still in the back of my mind. But I, I do ask all the time in one-on-ones. And when we, when we talk, I, I, I go throughout the entire organization and ask people how, how everyone's doing, what are they struggling with? Because I also have to develop culture here within the company that I'm at. So I think that leaders also have to have a stake. They have to have like ownership of that. And they have to realize that, that culture is not built by one person or just the leaders. Everyone's accountable for it which means that your employees need to hold you accountable for when you screw up. <laughs> and I don't think that happens enough because employees are so scared to tell their leader, hey, you know, in that team meeting we had the other day, maybe start off by asking how we're doing. You know, like a lot of employees will not feel comfortable doing that. And that's, again, the leadership's job and responsibility is to break that down so that it is a it is an okay environment to have a conversation like that. So I want to add on to that, which is very appropriate for this time period, and that is safety. Obviously, where I work, an elevator corporation, safety is the core of everything we do. Everything. But what's also interesting now is mental safety. And that's what you're talking about, you know, that it's mentally safe to be open, to, to speak authentically without worrying that you'll lose your job. So that's where employee engagement happens. It's, it's not a, you know, one plus one equals two formula. It's all of this that, that formulates how a company operates and how they are like I said, when the boss isn't looking, how they will be and that they'll do the right thing for their colleagues, for the customer, and it will be noticed and it'll be remembered. I completely agree. You know, we, we talk, we've, we've been talking a little bit about, you know, the employee experience and making sure that it, it, it can actually translate. But I, let's talk about those metrics. You know, I think it's interesting that there is a lot of different ways you can measure the customer experience and a lot of different ways that people do it. It's not just NPS or CSAT, but there's a lot of different ways that you can measure it. And I find this topic to be super fascinating because I've never heard anybody say, hey, your performance review this quarter is based on if we get maybe an NPS score of X or a CSAT score of X, or maybe it's specific to the micro journey of what they're working. Uh, so we'll use that grocery store example, okay? Baggers and cashiers are a unique micro journey. So if they're at the grocery store and, and they, this isn't hard, like you don't have to make this super complicated. It could be as simple as the employee making sure that they serve that customer, but then also asking just anecdotally, you know, was I able to help you today? Was I able to do what you needed today? And if the answer is overwhelmingly yes, with every customer that goes through there, you tally that up at the end of the day, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be super complicated. I think the people overcomplicated, they think that, oh, I got to have this like data metric and I've got to build this data flow and make sure that it ties into reporting. And I, I don't think it needs to be necessarily even that complex. So talk to us a little bit about when you thought of this, this topic, 
what did you have in mind when you were thinking about the CX and MX metrics? Yes. So I was thinking about the fact that I had been in a job where I was the only one with the CX metrics tied to my performance and objective. And not where I am now in the past. And it was really hard for me to get people's attention. When I would listen to the voice of customer, I would bring those insights to the product teams, to the e-commerce teams where there's pain points in the journey that they could fix. And it was not their priority. Yet I'm like screaming like it has to be. (laughs) And then the next year, I was able to help get the leadership to, to champion the fact that it can't just be my metric. It has to be every job title. And then I saw the difference. I saw that when I brought the insights and action plans and best practices to implement with those teams, they took it seriously. And it shouldn't be that it becomes a a score tied to your objectives like revenue, that that that's what's going to make you care. Shouldn't be that way. Or I don't like the word should, but not a good idea. (laughs) Not, not, Not ideal. Yet. That's what the reality was. So compare year one to two, the scores of customer metrics were completely different when everybody had a stake in it, not just me or my team. Yeah, I'm going to break this down from a marketing perspective really quick because that's like, you know, that's, that's my mind frame. So, you know, I think about top of funnel. Marketing's traditionally um, responsible for that. So they're tra- traditionally responsible for bringing awareness to a brand and then driving it through into conversion. And then from there, conversion into opportunity and then eventually into a customer. So a good example of how you could start doing this is if you take top of funnel and let's say marketing on the customer experience is measured off of after that person becomes a customer, did our expectations and our messaging meet their needs to the product that they got. Okay. So then marketing is held accountable to make sure that that is on point, which means guess what they're going to want to do in their strategy. They're going to want to have sounding boards with customers, making sure that they're involving the customers, which guess what makes better marketing and <laughs> makes the experience better. And then you have the sales funnel. And we all know that traditionally, no offense to anyone who is in sales, but Traditionally, sales does not think about the customer experience at all. Like, it's just the reality. I love y'all, but you need to be thinking about it more. Uh, people are people. And, and I think we're seeing this. We've seen it in the pandemic, right? Where more people need the experience to matter to them, a more personal touch. So again, the same type of metric, but different for sales is while I was in the sales cycle, did I meet your needs? Did I serve you as a person or as a cell, right? And those are just some small areas without like building a full structure of metrics behind it. Those are some small areas that you could help with. And then obviously after somebody becomes a customer, customer success and all the other areas, product, that's how they can be measured off of the same thing. And that's like, are you happy with the service that we're providing? Are you happy with the product that we're giving you? Is it, per, is it producing what we promised? 
Because there's so often that brands and companies make a promise and they can't deliver on it. Would you say, because this is a controversial question, I know my opinion, would you say that CX is the new marketing? I would say that the future of most CMOs and marketers in the future will have to own the majority of the customer experience. Here's why I believe that, okay? I don't think it is yet because I just don't think that there's enough marketers that are thinking this way. But the roadmap is there. We have more data, and I've talked so much about this, but we have more data at our fingertips as marketers than anyone. And we can help serve customer success internally, product internally, our own organization marketing, sales. We can help serve all functions of the business better than any other function. So because of that, the employee experience is directly tied to the customer experience. And therefore, I think we're going to see in the future where marketers are going to strictly own part of that. And you're seeing that in some organizations where they're actually going to, like they, they have like what HubSpot calls is a flywheel. Uh, you know, it's the full customer lifecycle after sales, post sales into the customer, back into marketing and so on. And I think you're going to continue to see that more and more. And it's senior level marketing executives, if they're not thinking that way, they will be replaced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I get that's my opinion. What's your opinion? I've worked in different organizations, very different structures. And I'm thinking, reflecting on what I think works the best. This could be a whole conversation in itself. So I'll just speed up an answer. And that is, regardless of what your structure is, there has to be incredible, intentional partnerships. So voice of employee, some people have argued, well, that's HR. And I said, well, but I'm also doing it because I need the employee feedback to help inform and marry it with the customer feedback. So it's like, in, in a, in, at the end of the day, let's, like, let's break down the walls and silos and titles and let's just work together because that's where, that's where we fail. If we start to like it, it, it live in boxes, instead, it's like bring the right people to the table together and let's just do what's right for the customer. And that means getting the employee feedback, the customer feedback to make those decisions. So, but again, time and time again, everybody in a company is tied to, is focused on metrics. And if that's the way that it moves people, then they have to have a CX score tied to their performance, just like their traditional metrics. That's just the way companies operate and can't change that. Love it. What do you think is one thing that people can do today to try to try this out, to start getting it and the ball moving? I would say do the basics. So if you want to start with NPS, which is the most common, but not the only metric for sure, institute your internal NPS and your external NPS. Ask those questions at the right moments of truth. But use both the internal. So for example, if there's a, if you're a sales organization 
or a retail organization and you've got, you know, in my, I mean, my old world was Verizon as retail stores, or you have a sales organization where I am now um, without stores. Either way, make sure you're measuring at that individual level. And secondly, make sure that you look at the data where the internal employee satisfaction and likelihood to recommend the company, all those data points, look at that because I have a feeling or not feeling, I've seen that when the the local area, the local branch, the local store, the local, when they have good scores that they feel like they're valued, they understand the company goals, they feel part of it, they feel empowered. The customer metrics are very linked versus the opposite. You're 100% right. Employee experience is totally tied to the CX experience. And we, we, we saw that when I was at CloudCherry, we sold the customer experience product. And every single time we went in, if they didn't have a good culture to talk to, to manage employee experience, they were two, three years away from actually being able to do real customer experience. And because it's got to be deeper than just one function owning it. To your point, it has to be cross-functional. Everyone has to have a stake in it. Everyone has to have ownership in it. And you can't really do that unless you build really good employee experience. That's the internal part. I mean, part of my job that's not in the job description, but I, I really believe in it. I, I'm going around every day to everybody and saying, you have a CX job and you don't even realize it. Everyone. You're in billing. You're in finance. Guess what? Maybe you don't interact. Your particular job doesn't interact with the customer. But guess what? Bill and pay is part of the customer journey. And if that is difficult, if that's a high level of effort to pay a bill, I don't care that it was a good buying experience and getting the product and setting it up. Doesn't matter. If any point in the journey goes wrong, they'll leave. They'll tell others. So that's my point. Literally go around and tell everybody you work with that they own the customer experience and how they matter. Mm, I really like that. Stacy. we're coming at time. If people want to reach you, what's the best way they can do that? Yes, come to my website. Tons of resources, articles, podcasts, a book. So it's doingcxright.com. And uh, my contact information is there too. So thank you. Appreciate it, Stacey. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.